Musical Theatre Writer Guy was written and filmed as a YouTube channel series on the traditional and unceded territory of the Muncie Lenape and Canarsie people. Each episode is also released here in podcast form. To learn how you can work with me or to join the Musical Theatre Writing Collective, please find out more at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. You did it! Your show made it all the way to Broadway, so now you can just sit back and collect the dough as it starts rolling in, making you rich, right? I mean, you toiled for all those years on your show, seeing nary a penny, but now, with your commercial Broadway run, you can finally buy that Weber-style or Sondheimian mansion. Wait, what? What do you mean, not really? What the heck is a royalty pool? Dramatists, we have no union and we get no salaries or benefits. It is glamorous. But what we do have is a guild, and the more important point for today, we own the copyrights to anything and everything that we write. As long as it's totally original to us and not taken from something that has a pre-existing copyright under it. But. That's for another day. As the owners of the copyright, this does give us the ultimate decision-making power when it comes to our material. It is us who grants those permissions about whether our work is done, how it's done, for what length of time, and in what capacities. This also means that, unless we are earning royalties off of our work, there is nobody paying us for our work. There's an old saying that as a dramatist, you can't make a living, but you can make a killing. And that is essentially true. We do not earn a weekly salary the way that a screenwriter might, but if you happen to write one of those billion dollar property shows, then you can make a buttload of money off of the royalties. What is a royalty, you ask? It is the sum of money paid to an author or composer for each copy of a work sold or for each performance of a work. So whenever your work is performed for a paying audience, played in some sort of media setting where there is money being made off something like advertising, or whenever a copy of your work is sold. And this is where dramatists make their money. So logically, it would follow that the biggest productions, like those on Broadway, would mean that the royalty checks would be huge, right? I mean, we own the thing that everyone is buying tickets to come see. Well, it's a bit more complicated than that. You see, back in the old golden days of American stagecraft, basically anything up until the mid 80s, the writers and creative teams were paid off of something that was called the gross weekly box office receipts. Gwabor for short. When shows were cheaper to produce and big productions weren't necessarily expected to last for super long lengths of time on Broadway stages, well, this made a little bit more sense. But then the math began to not math correctly when suddenly shows were losing money on a weekly basis because they were paying their creative teams. Let's do a little example with some very round numbers, shall we? These are indeed example numbers and they are not necessarily reflective of any type of reality. Let's say that you have a show that grosses one million dollars per week. That's your guabor. Oh my god, a million a week? Good for you, friend! Like I said, these are example numbers. Typically, writers might retain 6%, and yes, that is a relatively depressing number, my writer friends. And the remaining creative team for the rounding of numbers today, let's just say that they would get 9%. For those mathing at home, that is 15% total. 
6% to the writers, 9% to the other creatives. And so 15% of $1 million is $150,000, 60,000 of which then goes to the writers to get split amongst them per their collaboration agreement. So now your show has a remaining $850,000 of gross left to pay all of its expenses, and if there's anything left after that, it gets split amongst the investors. So if your expenses are $750,000, well then $100,000 gets distributed. If your expenses are $850,000, well, then there was no profit for that week. And if your expenses are actually 900K, well, then the show actually lost $50,000 and there's nothing left to distribute as dividends to the investors. As you can see, with the rising costs of large-scale theater, this model began to mean that more and more shows were going to end up with a loss and closing in the red, which doesn't really help producers attract new investors into the theatrical industry. Thus, a new concept model was born known as the Royalty Pool. Sounds fancy, eh? The purpose of this new model was to make sure that everyone who had a stake in the show was taking on more of the risk up front until the show was making a profit. Yes, that does include the writers and the other creatives. If you as a writer are sitting there and thinking to yourself, wait, but don't we take on all of the risk for years and years and years as we toil and we don't see a dime at all for any of our efforts and now the, the chance to make the big payments are here and you're telling me that we have to hold off even longer? Then uh, yes, you would be correct. There is logic behind it, but ultimately, yeah, this is what this model asks of writers. By the way, if this video has been interesting or useful to you so far, please give it a little like so it can spread to more wonderful creatives like yourselves. Thank you. Here's how the royalty pool works. The royalty pool is essentially a profit sharing model, which everyone does need to agree to, by the way, just so you know, where any and all weekly profits for a show are divided and shared amongst both the creatives and the investors. Let's jump back to those earlier example numbers that we were using with 6% going to the writers and 9% going to the other creatives. In the royalty pool model, this 15% is now going to be called 15 points. Why? I don't really know. It seems convoluted to me. Either way, this means that of this 15 point pool, 40%, 40% of that is going to go to the writers because six is 40% of 15, and the other 60% of the money going into the pool goes to the other creatives. What money goes into this 15-point pool, you ask? Well, it is a previously agreed upon percentage of the weekly operating profit. For ease and round numbers, let's just say that 50% of the weekly operating profit goes into this 15-point pool, and the other 50% goes toward paying back the investors. So remember that earlier example of the $1 million a week gross that had $900,000 of expenses that was actually losing money in the old model? Well now, in the royalty pool model, there is 100K of weekly profit that's going to be split amongst everyone who took a risk on the show. Except for producers. Producers actually don't get paid until the show is already recouped, but that's for another day. So with this 50-50 split that we just talked about, that means that $50,000 is going into this 15-point pool, which means that $20,000 of that is going to be going to the writers, that 40%. And that is going to be split amongst the writers per their collaboration agreement. The other $30,000 of that 50 is gonna to go to the other creatives, that 9%. 
Meanwhile, that other $50,000 is gonna be split amongst the investors, beginning the process of taking the show out of the red and into the black of recoupment. Anyway, the percentages do get moved around a bit once the investors have their money back. And also let me remind you that statistically, only one out of every five Broadway shows recoups its investment, and even that tends to take somewhere between one and five years to happen. Now this is a very basic example of what the royalty pool could potentially look like, and it is a pretty complex little process that could also involve things like weekly minimums and potentially some payment caps on what people can receive before recoupment, but this will suffice for a basic understanding. But long before you would ever have to worry about your own royalty pool, there is a long road to development that needs to take place. So if you want to learn more about the path to production, then you should watch this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.